This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. Many years ago, I used to work for a gentleman by the name of Al Smith, and Al was a really big thinker. And he taught me something. He said, you know what? He goes, everybody's motivated by one of four things. They're either motivated by fear, fame, fun, or fortune. They can be motivated by a couple of them, but they usually fit into one of these four categories. And I thought that was a really bright and smart thing to say. And so ever since then, whenever I interview everyone, anyone, I always ask them the same question. Hey, what motivates you? Fear, fame, fun, or fortune? And immediately people go, well, I don't understand what you mean. I said, well, something drives you, something motivates you. And some people are motivated by fame. They want to be recognized. They want recognition. They want to, people to know that they've done well. And it doesn't mean that they're not interested in fun or money or or, or fearful of, of failure, but that's the one that drives them the most. Um, obviously, fun, uh, fortune is someone that's motivated by money, not solely motivated by money, but it's the thing that drives them. And then fear really fits into the category of fear of failure. So let me give you an example. I'm motivated actually by fortune and fear. Uh, fortune because I figure that that's a really great way to keep score. So I am motivated by the ability to be able to drive, um, drive income, drive performance, drive revenue. And secondly, I'm motivated by fear, kind of fear of failure in the sense that much is given, much is expected. So I kind of want to, I kind of want to achieve. And so I, I am motivated um, by fear as well. When you work in a contact center, rarely are people motivated by fortune, right? Because if you're motivated by fortune, you'd probably be doing something else. But most people in a contact center fit into the categories of, of fame and fun, right? They, they, they're motivated by doing fun things or they're motivated by fame or some sort of recognition. Thus, obviously, you can see the number of different uh, games and, and things that we do, uh, contests that we do in a contact center to kind of drive uh, fame and fun. This week, I want to talk about reinforcement. Uh, promised that I would do that last week. Reinforcement as it relates to reward and recognition. So let's get right to it. And let's start with what the definition of reinforcement is. It's the process of encouraging or establishing a belief or pattern of behavior, especially by encouragement or reward. There's a lot of talk about reinforcement and reinforcement theory. And, you know, there's really kind of four components of reinforcement, right? One is positive, right? If you do something, you get something. There's negative. If you do something, we quit doing something negative, right? So if I nag you over and over again, I need you to do better in your average handle time. I just keep nagging you until you do better and then you do better. And so I, I reduce the negative reinforcement. There's reinforcement by punishment, right? If you don't do this, you do this. And there's reinforcement by extinction, which means that 
I just quit giving you any reinforcement whatsoever, and that is a form of reinforcement. And so that's kind of the baseline way that most people look at reinforcement theory. There's a guy that I like that I think does it better than the rest. His his perspective on reinforcement is a little bit different, but much simpler. And I think one that applies itself really, really well to the contact center. And that's a guy by the name of Aubrey Daniels. He's written a book called Bring Out the Best in People and written another book on performance measurement. And he kind of has two concepts that I think start right from the right from the start, and that is, is that the definition of performance management is that we do performance management to measure to help people improve, which basically means for us, how does it help improve me to measure me, right? So how does performance management help to improve me? Sometimes I think performance management is kind of set up to find people doing something wrong or some of those kind of categories. But the reality is, is that if you're going to do performance measurement, it ought to be designed to try to help people be successful. And the second thing that Aubrey Daniels says that I think is, is just dead on, that you can't have any sort of positive reinforcement unless the people believe that you care about them, right? So so if, if, if I don't believe that you care about me, then I'm not going to really care what you think. So any sort of positive reinforcement doesn't help me. I've told you in the past that I believe that there are three things that make a rep successful. There are three things that they absolutely need. Um, number one, they need a clear definition of what their job is. Number two, they need the, the skills and tools given to them so they can be successful in their job. And number three, and by far the most important they need to have a person that they work for that has their best interest in mind. You have to want to, they have to know that you want them to be successful, that you have their best interest in mind. You can still be tough. You can still be strict. You can still be stern. But if an employee believes that you have their best interest in mind, they'll walk through walls for you. And so if you're going to do any sort of re- positive reinforcement, these people have to care. They, they, you have to, they have to care what you think. So with that as a background, let's talk about um, reinforcement through Aubrey Daniels' lens. There's a, there's a third component of that, and that is, is that Aubrey Daniels believes in small measures. He believes in small steps to get you to be successful. And he calls those accomplishments versus results, which means that it's the accomplishments that you do that get you to the results. So we'll talk about that in a moment, but, but let's, let's walk through his simple definition of reinforcement. He believes that there's positive reinforcement and negative reinforcement. If you do something positive, something positive happens. If you do something negative, something negative happens. The second component is that for reinforcements, it's either immediate or in the future which means that either the reinforcement is going to happen right away or it's going to happen sometime in the future. And then the third component is certain or uncertain, right? Which means that as a result of the reinforcement, you're guaranteed to have something happen or maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. So let me give you an example of positive reinforcement. If you achieve your... Uh, CSAT scores this month, you will get $5. So that's positive reinforcement. Uh, Negative reinforcement would be if you uh, don't achieve it, you will not get $5. That's negative reinforcement. 
Um, let's put them all together, though, in uh, positive or negative, immediate or in the future, certain or uncertain, right? If you make your CSAT score, you will win $5 guaranteed. So that's, and I'll bring you the money right away. So you achieve your five, you achieve your five in CSAT, it's positive. Uh, as soon as you achieve it, it's immediate because you're going to get the money. And it's certain because I promise you that you're going to get the money. Here's a second example. Um, if you achieve your CSAT goals of a, of, of a five, uh, we're going to put your name in a, uh, in a hat. And if your hat, name is drawn out of the hat, you'll win $5. Well, so that's, um, is it positive or negative? It's, it's positive. Is it immediate or in the future? Well, I just told you it was in the future because we're going to... Um, we're going to put your name in a hat. And is it certain or uncertain? It's definitely uncertain because maybe you win, maybe you won't. Uh, here's another example. Uh, bring a gun to work, uh, get arrested, go to jail. So positive or negative, pretty much negative. Immediate or in the future, immediate. And certain or uncertain, absolutely certain. If you do that, this is what's going to occur. And so you use this to begin to look at the different ways that you can create reinforcement. Quite often in contact centers, we, we set up these contests where, you know, where if you achieve some sort of a goal, your name gets put in a hat and we pick the top three or four people and they win a prize. Well, that's, that's positive. And it, maybe it's immediate or maybe it's in the future. Maybe we're going to do it at the end of the month. But it's always uncertain because you're not necessarily going to win anything because maybe you're going to win something. Your name's put in a, in a contest um, uh, and, and only three or four people win. So what we're looking for in a contact center to be really successful is we're really looking for a positive, immediate, and certain, right? Reinforcement that's positive, it's immediate, and it's certain. So let me give you a couple of examples. Let me give, let me give you a bad example. So went into a contact center and they had a quality monitoring program, asked them to share with me what the, what the program was. And he goes, listen, we've got the best quality monitoring program on earth. If you achieve over a 99% in your QM scores for the month, I think they were doing four QM scores. We bring you um, a balloon and we attach a balloon to your desk and the managers come around and they cheer you. And it's really, really great. And I said, wow, that, that's really spectacular. And I said, well, what, el what else do you have in your program? And they said, well, if you score below an 89 in your QM scores, we immediately come over, uh, we take you off the phone at that point, we sit you down, we do, a, um, we do an assessment of your calls, we make you listen to them, we give you a test, and then we put you on probation until you're back, um, until you're above an 89 in the next month. It's like, whoa, okay, so you've definitely got a positive reinforcement. You've got a negative reinforcement. I said, what else do you do? They said, that's it. And I said, well, what about the people that fall between an 89 and a 99? We don't do anything for them. Well, how many people score over uh, 99? Well, about 20% of the organization scores over 99. What about uh, people that score below 89? Well, that ranges between 10 and 20%. Okay, so that means that 60% of your organization sits between an 89 and a 99, and you don't do anything for them. And I said, No. So there's an example of, of not paying any attention to the daisies, right? We're, we're hitting the roses, but we're not hitting the weeds. So what we're looking for is something that allows us to do something over the course of time that's positive, immediate, and certain. And of course, obviously, we're looking for something that's probably not very expensive to do it. So let me give you some examples of some things that can make a difference, right? So first off, you could have a high five program, right? So that 
anytime somebody achieves a streak of fives, let's say in CSAT or in friendliness, or they achieve their AHT over a certain amount of time and they get some sort of a streak, you could go give them a high five. You could physically go give them a high five or some sort of a dap. It's, it's positive, it's immediate, it, and it's certain. And you know what? If you get somebody that's in a streak where they're really doing well and they've, let's say, gotten 10 perfect scores in a row, then walk over and give them 10 high fives. And when they hit their 11th, go over and give them 11 high fives. I found a way to give them some sort of positive, immediate, certain reinforcement. Didn't cost me anything. But the point is, is that I've, I've done it over and over and over again to make them, to help them be successful. Uh, another example would be that when somebody makes some sort of an achievement, give them a standing ovation. When somebody really hits some sort of legacy achievement, give them a standing ovation. Number one, it doesn't cost you anything. Number two, I promise you that if you were to go around your contact center today, and, and including yourself, and ask them when the last time you got a standing ovation, you may find that the number's either never or it's been a really stinking long time. And it's a great way in special circumstances to have some sort of positive reinforcement that doesn't cost anybody anything. Obviously, you can hand out stickers. You can hand out anything that allows people to be successful. And the reason that we're doing this, the reason that Aubrey Daniels was so focused on on positive reinforcement in small increments is that what it allows you to do is to move people along where they are. So what normally happens in an organization is, is that you bring new hires on. The new hire comes into the organization, uh, they, they get started, and they slowly work themselves up till they get to whatever your minimum standards are that you're trying to achieve. And what invariably happens is, is that they do a little bit better than your minimum standards. They do just, just a little bit better. Well, the reality is, is most organizations don't have any recognition or reward in place for somebody to do just a little bit better than what your minimum standard is. And because nobody pays attention, they fall below the minimum standard. And what happens? Whack. We've got something in place always when people fall below the minimum standard. Either uh, a supervisor comes to talk to you, you get put in some sort of a bin, you get some sort of remedial training, but they figure out, oh, don't want to go below that minimum standard. So they start to, they creep above the minimum standard again, <clears throat> and they start to they start to work their way up a little bit. And again, nobody does anything because the, the, the next step we've got is usually a great, you know, where somebody's doing some sort of great achievement. So they go a little bit above the minimum standard. Nobody pays any attention. So they maybe drop back down again. Whack. They get hit again because, again, we've got things in place. We've got the negative reinforcement in place for people that fall below the minimum standards. Well, they figure out pretty quickly, you know what? I'm going to be a daisy. I'm going to be a daisy. I'm going to just stay above the minimum standard, which is where I need to be, where I don't get in trouble when I fall below. And the reason is because the excelling standard is too high for them to achieve. So how do we get there? Well, Aubrey Daniels says small measures, small steps, which means that we need to have recognition, reward, reinforcement when somebody gets just a little bit above minimum standard. So in the QM example, right, if, if 89 is the, is the low point that you've set, well, I need to have some sort of recognition or reward for people that get to 91. And then maybe I've got something else for 93 and then for 95. And then, of course, when they hit the 98 or the 99, then we can go do an embrace and put a balloon on their chair. But if we don't have the individual steps that allow you to move your way up the line, what we've done is we, we're, we're not doing reinforcement. We're not meeting people where they are and driving them up. Well, that means that we need to have reward and recognition for our weeds. 
We need to have some sort of reinforcement that moves them up the ladder. And we definitely need to have reinforcement, reward, and recognition for our daisies. Because as we've said before, we don't we, we tend to ignore this group, which represents 60% of our organization. We need to find a way to re- reinforce and recognize and reward our daisies as they move their way up the line to become roses. So that means that in your reward and recognition program, when we use reinforcement, we have to have little steps that are positive, immediate, and certain. It doesn't mean you can't run contests, but positive, immediate, and certain is what drives people up the line. When we're looking at our organization, we constantly want to be finding people doing something right. We want to be challenging them, we want to inform them, and we want to connect them with their peers. And we do this through reinforcement that helps to drive our recognition and our reward. So remember, whether it's positive or negative, immediate or in the future, certain or uncertain, we're looking to have positive, immediate, certain reinforcement. And when we do that, we create an organization that's driven, that's motivated. And whether your organization is driven by fear, fame, fun, or fortune, what they are is they're motivated. And when they're motivated, we have success. And with success comes a great environment. So thanks for listening to me this week. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Be great this week. Be a leader. Thanks so much. Bye-bye now.